it is very frustrating to talk about this team right now. Um, it's the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. If you can hear my frustration already in my voice, you're probably going through something similar with this team right now. Um, but got to keep going, keep chugging along, and uh, hope that we can uh, get something worth talking about and something that's positive about the Sabres in the next little bit. Uh, Joe DiBiase here on the podcast with you today. We will uh, go through the Bruins and Sabres game from yesterday. Whose fault was it on each goal? I'll also give some credit out to the couple of Sabre goals as well. I know I did the segment in the last game where the Sabres got shut out, but when they do score goals, I will also uh, assign percentages uh, in terms of credit to uh, those goals as well. Sabres making a roster move, a head-scratching roster move, to say the least, ahead of their game with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I guess we'll mention that. And um, there's a, a Twitter rant going on right now. If you don't follow Chad Dinamitis on Twitter, be sure to, because he's one of the brightest uh, people to cover the Sabres um, in Buffalo. And he has gone, not off the rails, but a little bit of a of a Twitter rant going on about the Sabres and their lack of making a trade by Chad. And I don't want to just replicate um, everything that he has said. You can check him out uh, on Twitter at CMDDominicis, D-E-D-O-M-I-N-I-C-I-S is the spelling of his last name. Um, But I do also 100% agree with Chad. And if you don't follow him, uh, basically what's going on is he has gone through like the last 12 months from... Tweets from WGR 550, tweets from the Charging Buffalo, tweets from TSN, all tweets that are hockey insiders, Darren Dreger, Bob McKenzie, uh, Elliot Friedman, saying that the Sabres are looking into a trade. They're exploring the trade market. Um, He retweeted one from, uh, you know, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago where Zach Bogosian requests a trade. There is one from Darren Dreger saying that Scandella and Colin Miller are names that could be out there. There's one from October, Elliot Friedman, saying that Rasmus Ristolainen is uh, being explored in the trade market. Then he's got one from December saying the Sabres looked hard into uh, Alex Galchenyuk. There's one about the Sabres in Calgary. There's one about uh, the Sabres and uh, not going after Taylor Hall. Then he retweeted a bunch of trades that have happened in the league since last January, so in the last 12 months. You've got Nino Niederreiter to Carolina for Victor Rask. You've got Mikel Granlin to Minnesota for Kevin Fiala. You've got Charlie Coyle being traded to the Bruins. You've got the Taylor Hall trade. Um, So essentially... What he is doing is he is rightfully throwing back in Jason Bottrell's face the notion that it takes two um, two teams, two partners to make a deal. And that's true, but it seems as though Jason Bottrell and the Sabres are hiding behind that as an excuse to why a trade has not been done. Oh, you've got to, you know, it takes two to tango, right? That's always talked about when there's no trades being made. And yes, it does make two to tango, but when there's other people, the Sabres right now are the 
are the lame, uh, not the lame, but the um, the nervous kid at the high school dance or at the wedding that doesn't want to ask somebody to dance. And they're like, oh, there's nobody to dance with. I can't. There's nobody to ask. And meanwhile, the, over here on the left, two tables over, you're going over and you're asking other people are asking other people to dance. And it, it, that's basically the Sabres right now. They're hiding behind a faulty excuse as to why they are not doing anything right now because other teams have been making deals. Other teams have made deals and the Sabres have not. The only trade they made was a very minor move, acquiring Jimmy VC and Colin Miller, and that's basically been it for the team so far. So to me, the, the pressure is being turned up on the Sabres and Jason Bottrell right now for their lack of making moves, and I think that is absolutely in the right and that fans should be getting on the organization for their, uh, for their lack of aggressiveness. Even the Bills, who... You know, you look at ownership for a lot of this, and Terry and Kim Pagula, and how they've tried to set up both organizations, and I think there are similarities in that they tried to set up leader-based, um, organized communicators as their leaders on in both the football side and on the, on the hockey side, but there's a big difference in the aggressiveness on both ends. Jason Bottrell showed up. And there is still a lot of residue left over from Tim Murray, Dan Bilesma, and um, previous guys that had been here. You still have, you still have Johan Larson on the team. You have Zemgis Girgensons on the team. You still have Rasmus Ristolainen on the team. You still have Lena Solmark. You still have, uh, you still have Jake McCabe. A lot. Of, there's a ton of carryover from the last regime to this regime. And I know football is a different sport, but actually, in, in fact, football is generally the sport you would say it's harder to uh, to make deals. And yet Jason Bot- or uh, Brandon Bean and the Bills have made several moves, and they have made sure there is no carryover, almost no residue left over from Rex Ryan and Doug Whaley and the previous regime with the Buffalo Bills. The Sabres have not done that. These are a lot of Tim Murray guys still on the team. There are a lot of Dan Bilesma guys on the team. There are still some freaking uh, Darcy Regeer guys on this team. Rasmus Ristolainen was a Darcy Regeer draft pick. So uh, Johan Larson was a guy that Darcy Regeer traded for. So there's a lot of guys left over from previous regimes. And to me, the excuse-making is, uh, to me, going one in, in one ear and out the other with this general manager right now. The heat is being turned up. And as I said before the season, and I even said while the Sabres were winning when people really didn't want to hear this, if this this season continues to go as badly as it's gone, and as of now, the Sabres are fourth from the bottom in the Eastern Conference. How does that sound, by the way? They are fourth from the bottom in the Eastern Conference, a team that, again, this year was at one point first place, uh, is now... Um, what is that? 16, 15, 14, 13th in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, if this continues to go this way, then someone's going to be scapegoated, and my guess would be that it's going to be the general manager of the team, and that maybe Jason Bottrell, especially if he doesn't make a move to try to get better, if he doesn't even try to turn this thing around, then uh, it's time to be looking for a new GM after the season. All right, a couple of notes on upcoming games. If you didn't hear, there was an announcement on the Sabres and Panthers game for Saturday, the same day that the Bills will play a playoff game. We'll get you that. We'll uh, go over a very head-scratching lineup move, a roster move the Sabres have made uh, ahead of their game with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And um, also, whose fault was it? We'll look back on Sabres and Bruins from last night, recording this on uh, on Monday morning. Um, So we'll go over some of the goals from Bruins and Sabres as well. That's all ahead on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe. DiBiase. 
All right, welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Let's do whose fault was it? Let's go goal by goal between the Sabres and the Bruins and the Sabres' 3-2 to two loss to the Boston Bruins, and uh, we'll see whose fault it was on each goal. So starting with the first Bruins goal, um, the play starts with Rasmus Ristolainen. He actually makes the right decision to pinch, but... Patrice Bergeron puts his back to Ristolainen. He uses his body to create space, and he gets the puck by him cleanly. If you're Ristolainen, you come down like that. You need to have more urgency, and you cannot allow Bergeron to get that puck by you cleanly. Even if it gets by you, you either have to get a stick on it, be able to get a foot on it, something to slow the puck down to stop Boston in their tracks um, because they were off to the races after that puck gets by you. So 25% of the blame I'm assigning to Rasmus Ristolainen in this instance. Uh, Jack Eichel. I'm actually giving him, the, in large part, the uh, the most uh, blame on this goal. He gets 50%. So when Ristolainen pinches in, Jack is watching the puck. He doesn't see David Pasternak get in front of him. And Eichel sometimes can get away with that because he's so fast that he can make up for it and get back. But Pasternak and Marshawn are two very fast players, and Eichel was not able to get back in time to recover. Um, but it started because he got caught staring at the puck. He wasn't focused on being he wasn't focused on the defensive responsibility of being the centerman on the ice in that moment because the center when you see the defenseman pinch you need to look around and say okay defenseman's moving up who do I got to grab because now I'm basically filling in as the defenseman Eichel did not in this moment and in part that led to uh, or that created the two-on-one going in the other direction for the Bruins and with Marshawn and Pasternak I mean of all players to get a two-on-one in the league those are Next to McDavid and Drysdale, probably the two players you don't want to have going in the other direction. So, Michael gets 50%. Jake McCabe gets 25%. You can't let that pass through. You just can't. That's back-to-back games where Brad Marchand has get, got a pass through on a two-on-one where the defenseman is playing the pass. Now, McCabe goes down very late. He goes down to try to block the pass, but it's very late. you got to force the shot in that instance by going down earlier and uh, stopping the pass. So I'm giving Jake McCabe 25% of the blame on this, not playing the two-on-one correctly. So 50% to Eichel a quarter to each Ristolainen and McCabe on the Bruins' first goal. The Sabres tied the game up right after that. Um, Not right after that, but they tied the game up thereafter. Uh, Jake McCabe gets 10%, starts the play. Uh, This is the the Ristolainen goal, by the way, if you're not remembering offhand. McCabe, 10%, starts the play. He's got his head up in his own end. He chips it up to his forward right in stride to Marcus Johansson. It's a play they need more consistently from Jake McCabe, giving him 10% of the credit on the Sabres' first goal. Marcus Johansson, 40%. I'm giving him the most credit for this goal, and it's a simple play Johansson makes, and it's well before the goal, but he's got the defenseman bearing down on him, and this defenseman tries to blast Marcus Johansson. And it's essentially an early three-on-two in this moment, and he avoids the hit, and moves the puck forward to Sam Reinhart. He takes himself out of the play, but he also takes the defenseman out of the play, which creates a two-on-one in this instance. Just the simple play of getting the puck by the defenseman creates a much more um, quality scoring chance going in the other direction. So Marcus Johansson gets the most credit. I'm giving him 40%. Sam Reinhart, 30% of the credit on this goal. He feathers the pass through right on the tape, over the defenseman's stick, and in front of the the back checker. Uh, It's a perfect pass by Sam Reinhart right on the tape. So he gets 30% of the credit on this in this goal. And Ristolainen, I mean, he scores it, but I'm only giving him 20%. He got lucky. He did. He shoots the puck too far wide. The puck is actually going to go wide if it doesn't hit Tuka Rask. And 
Um, it does go off Raskin in, though. And he does, Ristolainen, I'll give him credit, that he gets enough good contact on the puck to get lucky. So he creates his own luck in this instance. So he does get 20% of the credit on his own goal, which tied the game at 1. The Bruins' second goal, I don't need to spend a whole lot of time on it. It's uh, all Ristolainen and McCabe. It's on the penalty kill, but it's 50-50. Late to their men, getting in front. It's a, it's a, it's a, a tip in front. Back door. It's a backdoor tip coming from the corner. There's a screenshot. You can check it out. I tweeted it out on Twitter at SneakyJoeWGR. It's a, it's a screenshot. It's a freeze frame of the goal right before it happens. It's the puck at the point to the Bruins defenseman. McCabe and Ristolainen are all outside the faceoff circle against the wall, covering one man. One man. You're not supposed. You're not supposed to have one player chase to the wall on a penalty kill situation. Let alone two. It's just a brutal play by Ristolainen and McCabe, and these are the two defensemen that have played the most for you this season. So they get 50% of the blame each. It's all on them. The Bruins' second goal that ends up going in. The Bruins' third goal. It's all on one guy, Linus Allmark. You can't let that go, that goal in. Short side between the goalie and the post. I mean, come on, man. You you got to be tight to your post there, and it's they're gonna. The way this team is set up, they're going to need their goalie to bail them out in certain instances, and you can't. That you, that's killing you there. That goal by Lena Solmark um, that sneaks between him and the post, so you can't have that. And then the Sabers' second goal, uh, Jack Eichel, twenty-five percent, a nice, s- simple play again that ends up making a big difference. He has the puck at the point, and instead of just trying to force it through or putting it to the guy on the wall, he fades to his left, which opens up Ristolainen. He takes the the defender with him by fading to the left, and that way he's able to make the pass over to Ristolainen, who is open. So 25% to Jack Eichel, 25% to Rasmus Ristolainen. He gets the puck through. He gets it through quick, and he gets it through hard. And then Curtis Lazar with 50% on his goal. Good battle in front of the net. Way to stick with it. Way to stick with it, uh, despite commotion around you. There were three Sabres in front of the net, and Lazar is able to get a stick on He's able to bang that puck in. So a uh, good job by Curtis Lazar on his goal. He gets 50% of the credit. All right, we're going to come back and uh, talk about this head-scratching roster move the Sabres made. And, man, if this guy's in the lineup, I don't even know what to think about it. We'll talk about this right after the break on the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Sabres and Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Um, it is going to be uh, a game that the Sabres will play for the first time in a long time where they are behind the Tampa Bay Lightning in the standings. Uh, Tampa is now three points up on the Sabres with three games in hand. Um, they are, point percentage-wise, in a playoff spot, and they will likely make the playoffs this year as they get over some early hurdles in the season. Uh, the Sabres called up, it's not even called up, they signed forward Dalton Smith to a two-way contract. So this guy was on an AHL contract with the Rochester Americans, and the Sabres sent him to a two-way contract so that way they can call him up, and then they did call him up. He was practicing with the team this morning. Holy cow, this is a goon. They, they signed a goon to call up, and uh, Mike Harrington points up, up on Twitter, and normally what Mike Harrington says is kind of a joke, but in this instance, I think he's right. He's like, I wonder if this is retribution to the Tampa Bay Lightning for injuring uh, Rasmus Dahlin in the last game, injuring Vladimir Sabatka in the game before that. Both guys missed significant time. Is is that it? Because are we playing 1987 hockey here? Signing Dalton Smith to put him in the lineup like he's John Scott 2.0 and he's going to go out there and he's going to fight 
Who? Who does Tampa have that fights, by the way? They, they are a skilled team, top to bottom. So I don't really know what the point of this is supposed to be. If this is where the Sabres are at, man, it's a joke. It's a real joke. And if he dresses tonight, this organization deserves to be blasted um, for thinking that that at all matters as to why this season has gotten away from them. And that if Tampa is really in their heads like that, then holy, you got to get by that. Instead of dressing a, a nuclear uh, a bomb in your fourth line and hoping he's going to go out there and punch people. So Dalton Smith is up with the team wearing number 67. So if he plays tonight, you'll likely see him. He's a big guy, and uh, he will probably be dropping the gloves with somebody or at least trying to if he's in the lineup. I don't know what other service he presents for you. Uh, you've got middle. Isn't it amazing? Casey Middlestats in Rochester, and he deserves to be there. I'm not saying he shouldn't be here. He should be here right now. But Casey Middlestat is in Rochester, and Dalton Smith, a goon from the AHL, is, is in your NHL lineup. That's where we're at at this point of the season, and that's how bad that it's getting right now uh, for the Sabres, who are fourth from the bottom in the Eastern Conference, four points out of a playoff spot, more importantly, seven points out of a wildcard spot. So they're within shouting distance of one playoff spot, but it's only one playoff spot, and Tampa is coming hot, and they are going to probably take that even away from you as well. So the season is not going well for the Sabres, and uh, the pressure seems to be being turned up on the GM, rightfully so. All right, thanks everybody for listening to today's podcast. I'll be back with you after Sabres and Lightning, so look out for that. So I will speak to you before the new year for likely our final episode of the decade, and even though we've only been doing it for two months, uh, but it will be our final show of the year and of the decade. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get I'll be talking to you uh, likely uh, tomorrow morning. So until then, have a good uh, new year for any that don't listen tomorrow, which is fine, of course, and. Um, I will talk to you then. This has been the Lockdown Sabres Podcast with Joe DiBiase, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.